Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from somewhere in the western half of Canada. Episode 83, Time Crunch. tried to get back on a treadmill that is running relatively quickly? It's easy to keep your balance if you're on the running surface when it starts moving and accelerates, but if you stand on the edges and try and get on when it's at speed, it's a little more difficult to adjust. The moving surface grabs the sole of your foot, even if you try to predict how fast it's actually moving, and those first few steps are a bit stumbling until your stride matches the movement of the belt. Gentle acceleration and deceleration are much easier to handle. In much the same way as COVID-19 forced a lot of us into instant deceleration of life, reopening was an instant acceleration, or at least it was for me. We had planned for a soft reopen again for our work at the beginning of June, with a few of Randy's clients just to test the water and see what happened, and my one contract job. One weekend, we were dealing with full days for him, and a few of the proposals I'd sent out bore fruit, which put me in a position of having eight distinct jobs by the end of June. So much for a slow start post-lockdown. I've been struggling to find time for everything, and the weekends have been used mostly to catch up on things that just don't happen when you leave the house right after breakfast, and consider it an early day when you get home before 7pm. And somehow, even though my next episode should have been out May 31st, it's now August, and I have no idea how that happened. Time dilation is an actual scientific concept, proved by math and by experiments conducted in a variety of settings, including the International Space Station. Simply, something or someone moving quite quickly experiences time differently than someone or something at rest. The fast-moving clock will show less time expired than the stationary one, and while the actual time differences are minuscule at speeds our technology right now can achieve, it's still enough that systems we rely on through satellites in orbit must adjust their clocks on a regular schedule to take it into account, much like February having an extra day every four years. And that's honestly what I feel like has happened to me. Of course, I haven't been moving at a significant percentage of the speed of light, but some days I honestly wonder. I harvested two zucchini from our garden yesterday, and I swear it was only a couple of days ago that they were small, whereas they now weigh well over one and a half kilograms each. Our wedding is just over 40 days away, and I'm sure it was over 80 days away not that long ago. It's almost been a month since we did our whirlwind trip to Alberta to take care of some business and pick up my wedding dress. Um, There and back in four days and three hours, I don't recommend doing that trip that quickly. And yet, I'm sure it was only a few weekends ago. And surely we just reopened the office, didn't we? And yet, it's been over two months. As fiber artists, we're quite familiar with the lies that time tells. How else can the fact that a piece of fabric stays the same length, even after knitting on it for an hour, be explained? It happens to all of us. We have to knit six inches, and we measure it at five, and knit eight more rows, and it's still five. Then we knit another six rows, and suddenly it's six and a half inches. For me, 
More than two months have passed, and I'm still working on the same projects I was working on in the last episode, with not much progress to show, even though I remember working on most of them. The only explanation is that time progresses differently when I am moving quickly. It can't be that I just haven't had that much time to knit and spin, can it? Back when I was going to pain clinic a few years ago, the doctor in charge of the sessions said something that has stuck with me. She said that in a hurricane, the oak tree will crack and fall, while the bamboo will simply bend to the wind and then regain its height when the storm is over. COVID is a massive storm, and if there are two things this period of time has taught me, it's that there is only so much a person can accomplish in a specific amount of time, and that it is more important than ever to be flexible and fluid in order to adjust to an ever-changing situation that one has little control over. I have had to make adjustments to my life, partly to be able to put in the work I need to on my paid contracts, but also to be able to take care of myself enough that I'm able to do that work. In the last week, I've been a little bit more deliberate about taking time to do fiber arts, because I know how important it is as part of my self-care regimen, and I have a lot of things I need to accomplish over the next five months. That's why I'll be moving to a monthly podcast schedule for the foreseeable future, at least until I have enough things off my plate that my capacity for getting things done has room to both do enough in two weeks that it's worth telling you about, and also room for the time it takes to record and publish the episodes. I don't know when that will be, but I am committed to checking in with myself regularly as time goes forward. Because it always does, at a regular steady pace no matter what our perception of the speed of its passage is. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. want to give a shout out to one of my high school classmates, uh, Rick Lee. We couldn't have a 25th high school reunion this year, so Rick decided to try and reach out to all 200 graduates and see if he could get them on the phone, not all at once, but with him and and uh, just do interviews, see what's going on and and put together a podcast. And so I've been spending my Saturday nights catching up on on the episodes and yesterday I recorded my own interview with uh, three of my old high school friends. And it really reminded me of how much fun it is to, you know, put stuff out there and, and talk about the things that you're passionate about. And Rick also asked me what the name of my podcast was. And I told him I was two months behind in getting an episode out. So thank you, Rick, for kicking me in the butt and getting me to sit down and actually record. I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, that particular podcast, although I don't know if it would be of any interest to anybody but those who graduated from John G. Diefenbaker in Calgary in 1995. But who knows? Uh, Back to spinning and fiber week and such things. I haven't yet seen the actual call for uh, class submissions to fiber week yet, Really, that should be coming out soon, and I'll follow up on that. But I will be uh, submitting some classes to Fiber Week 2021, and we'll see what happens there. 
I'm also going to be the artist in residence at Fiberworks Studio and Gallery October 23rd through 25th. So that's three full days, six hours each of me sitting there doing things like blending and spinning and knitting and, and all that kind of fun stuff. So if you're in the area and would like to stop on by and say hi, please do. And if you're coming through in the summer, stop by Fiberworks anyway. It's a really, really, really cool place. And they've got uh, lots of really interesting things. And also I have a little bit of hand spun there for sale. So speaking of Fiberworks, they are also hosting a Master Spinner Level 1 in April. And while I haven't heard if I'm going to be the teacher, I am the closest person geographically to Fiberworks. So I expect it's a good bet that I am going to be uh, the teacher. So if you are interested in starting your master spinner journey and you are close to the Sunshine Coast of BC and most likely are Canadian, since I'm not sure the border will be reopened by then, contact Fiberworks and see if there's space left. My article came out in Ply and I had some people message me and tell me that it uh, it really spoke to them, so I'm really happy about that. I also had a web article come out in the July spin-off newsletter about record keeping, and so that was fun. And my article for the winter 2021 issue of spin-off is in, and so we just have to look forward to that now. I do have an extra copy of the summer 2020 ply about supported spinning. Uh, that has my article in it. And so uh, I'm just going to run a quick giveaway. So if there's anyone out there who currently does not have a subscription to Ply and is interested in, you know, just seeing what the magazine is all about, you can email me at bythefiberside, F-I-B-R-E, at gmail.com. Uh, email before September 4th to enter, however many entries there are, and that's open to anybody around the world then uh, I'll do a random number generator and it'll be, you know, the order that they come into my email. And yeah, we'll, we'll give it away that way. So September 4th, drop me an email. Other than that, I've just been basically spinning just a little bit, but I've mostly been fighting with my wheels. The, the Lendrum is still, you know, off and on making these horrible noises. So I, I wanna do a bit of maintenance to it before I start spinning the second half of my Ridiculous Gossamer project because I did finish the first half, pretty happy about that. And now my Hansen is starting to do some weird stuff too. It's starting to hesitate after I've been spinning for a little bit and I start and stop it a couple times, it's starting to hesitate to start again. So I'm a little concerned about that. I'm going to be emailing Hansen and seeing you know if they have any suggestions about you know if I can do the maintenance myself I've already sent it down to them once and they've installed it they installed a new motor you know a couple of years ago so I don't think I've used it enough to burn it out yet so I don't quite know what's going on I'll, I'll do a little bit of maintenance on that too and then yeah just keep working at it I have a little spindle project that I'm using as sort of a pattern breaking movement uh, thing at work. After I've been sitting at my computer for a while, I'll, I'll stand up and spin and you know make sure to roll my shoulders back. I'm using one of Dad's featherweight spindles. It's only about nine grams, so it you know it just spins so nicely. 
And I'm also using some really brightly dyed merino wool. It's uh, fluorescent orange and fluorescent yellow and some purple and it's just really pretty. So I'm again spinning that ridiculously fine so it's going to take me a while even though it's only 30 grams but it's been a really nice way to sort of break up my day to get up and spin for five minutes and I, I if you like me are doing a lot of time sitting in front of the computer these days pattern breaking movement is extremely important even the spinning is not a hundred percent the kind of pattern breaking movement I should be doing. Really, I should be getting up and doing backwards arm circles and, and anything that you know draws my, my arms behind me instead of in front of me. But I am making sure to draw my shoulders back and it's, it's movement of my shoulders upwards instead of just being static in that position. So again, not perfect, but it's definitely making it easier to keep my, my shoulders moving. So that's pretty much all I've been doing right now. Um, I haven't submitted any more article proposals simply because I don't have the time. It's not that I don't want to, but I recognize that I cannot take anything else on right now until some of these things get cleared off my plate. So the good news is that two of the contracts do have an end date. Not sure when that end date is, but there's a definite end to the projects. So at the very least, then they will eventually get off my plate and I can, you know, move on to other things. So let's get back into level five. We're on to module D4, which is woolen spinning. And for this module, you have to spin two skeins, one using hand carded roll legs and the woolen long draw and the other uh, hand carded roll legs and the point of contact method. I've been doing some uh, teaching of distance students in level one and level two. And whenever we do our first video conference, this is what I demonstrate. Because I remember when I was in level one and level two, just really not getting the difference. Like I, I understood that with woolen spinning, the twist enters the draft zone and that helps you draft and, and make your yarn. But other than that, it, like I didn't really understand the whole difference in concept. So this is definitely something that I am teaching and, and it was part and parcel of the online lecture I did back in June for the spindlecorns. So there's two different ways of woolen spinning. So woolen spinning is defined as twist entering the drafting zone and worsted spinning of course twist does not enter the drafting zone. So there's two ways to do this. You can do both with roll legs. Point of contact, you can also do with roving or even with top, but it's not as, it's it doesn't make as woolen of a yarn. So your quote unquote traditional or English long draw using roll legs is called double drafting. And so, you know, you, you have your take up relatively low on your wheel and then you're, you're adding twist, your, your front hand is close to the orifice and is controlling the twist that enters and your fiber hand will be drawing back the row leg and at some point in there the twist will jump over a piece of the row leg and make a neck. So you've got twist in front of this you know bit of floofiness and a twist behind. You grab that neck and that is when you start to double draft and you're, you're going to draft that, that floofy bit into the grist of yarn that you want. On the other hand, point of contact 
is where the twist enters the drafting zone and you just pull back as fast as the twist can solidify the yarn. So you don't get that bit in the middle that you then pull apart. Like it's almost like a slub that you then draft apart. But, uh, but with point of contact, the, the twist is just pulling fiber out of your fiber supply and depending on how fast you allow that to happen determines the grist of your yarn. So we had to explain here why we chose the wool that we did for my, tr my traditional or English long draw. I used a dorset. It's a little bit shorter and so it would make it made really nice crimpy fluffy roll legs. And I did that, I believe, from raw fleece. And for my point of contact skein, I carded roll eggs out of a commercial Corydale, which is a little longer, so it's a little bit more suited to the point of contact method than it would be for the, um, the double drafting method. And I lost marks on, let's guess, consistency. Again, your woolen skeins are always going to be less consistent. It's just the nature of the beast. But I was looking at these afterwards, and I think my teacher marked me a little hard. I mean, yes, there's definitely some inconsistencies in terms of grist, and that is something I need to work on, or I needed to work on. I probably still do, but, uh, but it's not bad for a woolen skein. So am I going to argue with the marks? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm through now. I'm done. So just with consistency with woolen spinning a lot of it's about trusting the twist and understanding how it works with the fiber that you have you can't take your experience with one particular fiber for example the dorset and think that it translates over say to the Corydale that I had each one is its own sort of beast and it behaves differently so that's something to keep in mind when you're spinning your, your, uh, your double drafting or your English long draw takes practice and it takes trust. I mean, we, you, you expect that the, your wheel's just going to draw it in. It's not. You have to trust it. And that, it, you know, it, it takes a bit of practice to, to figure out, you know, what is the right tension setting and what is, how you're going to pull it back and, and all of that. So it just, my recommendation is just to practice. And if you happen to be coming to Fiber Week 2021 and one of the classes I'm going to propose is, going to, is accepted, then I will be spending a lot of time talking about worsted and woolen spinning and giving you some practice with that. So we shall see. I will let you know. So that's a bit about woolen spinning in Module D5. The next module or sorry, D4. The next module is D5, which is spinning for specific end uses. And so we'll talk about that in the next episode. Fiber notes. So I've been doing a little bit of knitting on a variety of projects but not a lot and there's a there's a bunch of reasons for that and usually it comes down to I don't have a ton of brain power and a lot of the projects that I had on the needles even before COVID 
are complicated and, and I just don't have the brain power for it after a really long day. So, so I've started a, a couple of new ones lately. Um, I owe my sister a new pair of mittens and mittens are a good summer project because they don't, you know, they sit on your lap or anything like that. She's worn out the ones that I gave her eight years ago. I've repaired them a couple times. They were due for repair right at the end of this past winter uh, when I was there in, in February to get my wedding dress. And we just sort of decided, no, it's time for a new pair of mittens. I think these ones are are beyond repairing again. So so what I'm doing is um, Jared Flood's Green Autumn Mittens, or they're also called Druid Mittens. They're from a Vogue knitting from a long time ago. And I've knit them once before. This time I'm leaving off the bobbles though. The When I found the first time I knit them, the bobbles would pop through to the inside rather than stay on the outside. So I'm just leaving them off. And it's, you know, it's going really well. I'm still on the first mitten, but I'm about halfway up the fingers. And, you know, for something that's relatively heavily cabled, I'm finding it easy. Just, just because of the way that the cables are arranged, it's it's easy to follow. So it's going really well, and I'm I'm pleased with that. The yarn I'm using is uh, Socknado from Ancient Arts, and that colorway is called Iron Horse, which is a, a nice tonal blue gray. So I think they're gonna they're gonna turn out really really nice. And with any luck, I will have them done before it gets cold enough to need them. I also started a new circumvolute hat, this time for myself, and instead of doing the zigzag pattern like I did for my friend, I'm, gonna, I'm just doing the spiral, because that literally you just need to remember two pattern rows, and you just keep going and going and going. And I started it because I really, really needed something simple, you know, just to, to knit when, when things started getting super busy. So I'm using... Uh, uh, it's a yarn called Pippa DK from Posh Yarns. Uh, it's an independent dyer in Great Britain, and they specialize in non-repeatable colorways. So my colorway is called You Don't Know the Half of It. They also have really good names for their colorways. And it's this really, really beautiful, deep blue. It's It's a combination of like royal and navy. It's tonal as well. The yarn itself is interesting. It's a singles, and I don't usually like knitting with singles, but this one seems to be okay. It's a blend of Blueface Leicester and Masham. So it's got that lovely smoothness from the Blueface Leicester, and the, but the Masham is giving it just this little bit of bulk. And so it's going to be a really nice warm hat when I'm done. Uh, I'm about, I don't know, I can put the hat on now at least. But, uh, but I still have a ways to go because um, this particular pattern, the decreases happen really rapidly. So you kind of want it like the exact right height before you start doing the, before you start doing the decreases. I think in the last episode I was working on a pair of socks from my Danish souvenir yarn. I am still working on a pair of socks in my Danish souvenir yarn but it's a different pattern. I just, the the pattern wasn't working out for me for whatever reason, it just wasn't, it wasn't jiving with the yarn. So I tried a different pattern. Tore it all out and tried a different pattern. Then I tore that all out and tried a third pattern. 
And then I tore that all out and now I'm trying a fourth. So I'm hoping this one is the winner. There just there was just some things about the other two that just wasn't weren't working. Uh, I remember in the last one it was a knit three together and I just could not for the life of me get it to do that. And I don't know if it's a dexterity thing or it doesn't really matter. I could not knit three together uh, in that pattern. So moving on. So far this uh, this sock is going okay. It's a mystery knit along for the month of August from Becky Green. The socks are called the Water Lily Pond and it's based on a painting by Monet. And I know I'm not going to finish within the mystery knit along time frame. I just I recognize that's not going to happen. But uh, but Becky's a really great designer and and so I have I hold high hopes that I will not be tearing this one back that it will actually fit together with the yarn and I will finally get a pair of socks out of my souvenir yarn from Denmark from last year. I had talked about in the last episode starting a teeny teeny tiny dragon with a 0.4 millimeter crochet hook and one strand of embroidery floss. I actually did start that pattern and it was just as fiddly and finicky as I thought it would be. That's okay. I pulled out my magnifier. I have a clip-on magnifier that I used to use for cross-stitching, so I used that. But then I, you know, I got through the head, and then somehow or another I ended up with too many stitches. So I had to tear the whole thing back again. And I have started it again, a different color this time, and I am up to the point of just the, the straight rows for the head. And now I'm, I've, I've got a, a marker as well that I'm using. So I will keep to the 36 stitches that I need. But it's going real slow. It comes down to um, needing a lot of brain power and dexterity to, to work on this. And those are in short supply for me right now. I'm still going to work on it right? I just, at some point, I think I have to break it out again and just get myself over that hump. And honestly, if I get through the head, the head is the most complicated part. If I can get through the head, the rest should go just fine. So yeah, it's still sitting over there, still waiting for me to, to work on it. And I will, I will. So those are really the things that I've got actively on the needles right now. Obviously, the Alberta shawl is still sitting there waiting, so is the blanket, a few other things, but yeah, mostly that's what I'm knitting right now. I I think the smaller projects, and not small like the Teeny Tiny Dragon, but just in terms of size, I think the smaller projects are something I'm going to have to focus on for a little while, just so that I can get a few finishes under my belt and remember what that feels like. I, I do so many big projects, you know, that, yeah, I think the mittens and the hat and, and the socks, I think getting those done will be, it will feel really good. Just a real quick update on the wedding before I sign off on this segment. Randy's vest is completed. I have yet to see it. It has gone back to the weaver from the sewer to get labels put in it. But uh, both, both the weaver and the sewer are just absolutely thrilled with the way it looks. So really everything for the wedding is coming together. I have shoes. My dress is currently being altered. 
we're getting some RSVPs. I'm making contingency plans in my head in case we all get locked down again. But I'm really hoping that we're going to have a really nice day with just a few family and some good friends. And yeah, and then it'll be then we'll be married. So the plan is to have a big party once COVID is under control, whatever that looks like, and whenever that is. So for our second or third or fifth anniversary, I'm I'm not making any plans beyond getting married at this point. But uh, but yeah, we'll have the big party. We'll have the big party. We'll put all of our fancy clothes back on, and we'll do that at some point. So that'll be good. But yeah, we're down to forty days. Forty days to the wedding, and. Uh, and yeah, I'm starting to, to feel that. But there's there's not that much left on the to-do list. So feels pretty good. Anyway, those are the things I'm working on right now. Hopefully in another month, maybe I'll have something finished. By the Wayside. So the accolade. I don't have any idea if I have actually made any progress on the accolade since the last episode. I mean, I want to say that I did. That would be nice, but I haven't picked it up in at least a month. And part of the reason for that is because I need three things in order to work on the accolade. I need time, I need light, and I need brain power. And those having all of those things at once, those periods have been in short supply. And a lot of the times when I have those three things, ah, there's other things that are a bit more of a priority that I need to do. But I think the accolades, I mean, it's looking good. I just took a picture of it. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. What I think I'll do is I'll set aside a night or, or part of uh, like a Saturday or a Sunday in order to work specifically on the accolade. Because that worked for the um, the tapestry. I apologize for my cat. It worked really well for the Bayou tapestry to get that finished. So I said Friday nights I was going to work on that. Because I need the light. I mean, right now I have light in the evening. At least until about 8.30. So I could work on the accolade in the evenings. But I think it might be a better idea to set aside some time on either a Saturday or a Sunday to do that. So so I'm back to it. I Hopefully in a month, I will have something to report. I'll put a picture up in the show notes of where it's at right now, and I'll compare it to where it was two months ago. Thank you for joining me for episode 83. By the Fiberside is currently a monthly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 84 on September 13th, 2020. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion on Facebook or Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at bythefiberside, that's F-I-B-R-E, at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.